Welcome to the Geek Explorer Not Off Topic Debrief. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. And uh, let's get this shit rolling. How you doing, John? Wow, that was so quick and right to the point. <laughs> yeah, we don't I, need I to... wasn't ready for that at all. I was like, I get to daydream for, you know, 10 seconds or so as Ben, you know, stumbles through it and says yeah. blibbity blab and, and, and then I come in and say a thing and then um, I'm doing well. I'm very tired, much like last episode, though. It's uh things are are man, it, it's a uh, status quo has not changed. I'm yeah. tired and overworked and uh Constantly behind, but still going. Who knew this whole adult life thing would be so monotonous? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look but at your it, kid, you're like, yeah, I'm going to grow up and do whatever I want. No, you're not. You're going to do what your boss tells you to, and you're going to pay the bills, and you're going to fucking do your taxes, and you're going to do all the shit that you're supposed to do. And in your little tiny bit of free time, then you can kind of do what you want, as long as it doesn't piss your significant other off or endanger your children. Yeah, and th- thankfully, at least one of the things that we that we like to do on our time off is hang out and talk into microphones, so it's fun. Yeah. Um, and drawing comics ain't such a bad way to spend some free time, but every once in a while, yeah, I'd love to just uh, sit down and draw something only for, or draw something that isn't planned. Draw something that doesn't have a purpose. Like, you know, once you get into, uh, into, hardcore comic making mode and and you're way behind mode there's no time for uh for just drawing for fun or like art therapy i used to i used to use drawing yeah. as like a way to unwind but now i'm just always wound make time for that man you got to take care of yourself so it's like every once in a while I take the night off and uh you know draw a bunch of penises or whatever you draw for fun yep <laughs> I had nothing. There's a testament to how burnt out I am. I didn't even have a uh, have a follow up for for a draw a bunch of penis things. I'll, I'll, I'll just accept it. Then you know maybe I should just draw a bunch of penises. Get back to your roots. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of. Jeez, uh, I don't remember if you were around yet because it could have been like third or fourth grade, but it could have been fifth grade when you showed up. But I remember sitting uh, on the playground during recess and, and a few of us were drawing in notebooks and I drew a picture of like the devil. And I, I can't remember if he, he was either standing on like mountains, like between like lakes of fire or he was surfing. I drew, I drew both of those in near proximity. The surfing one's way cooler by the way. Yeah. Well in, in one of them at first, like I drew him with a dong hanging out and then I like erased it and, and put shorts on him. But I mean, you could still tell we were kids and you know, you drew everything really hard and, and he was saying, welcome to hell. I was like, I don't know where I came up with this as a little kid. And either somebody ratted me out or just like a yard duty came up. But boy, did I get busted for that. I got pulled into the office for that one. That's a bummer that that brilliant work of art doesn't still exist. No kidding. I've I've looked at my my little kid notebooks. Well, you know what? Okay, I think that was the Lake of Fire one because I think the surfing one still exists. Oh, cool. Well, that's still pretty rad. Yeah, I'll have to look for that next time I'm like going through my my tub of keepsakes because I mean it was I was a little kid, man. Can you imagine these days, kid? The fucking school wouldn't dare like bust you for your free expression like that. They'd be too afraid of some like uppity fucking parent coming in and threatening to sue them. Good, the the schools should be afraid, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let kids draw <laughs> devil dicks. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, how are you doing, Ben? Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, Superman been, does good. You're, you're doing, doing well. well. Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, how do you know? Maybe I was going to tell you about all the charitable works I've been up to, John. <laughs> well, I know you are not currently doing any good for anyone. 
Um, uh, no, yeah, that's uh, I've been doing well. You're right. <laughs> I've been in project mode ever since uh, last week when I was stuck in the garage. I've just been kind of like I, I signed myself a few projects, and instead of like sitting around and checking Twitter and browsing on Reddit and watching, you know, 37 YouTube videos back to back and wasting my entire evening, I've been doing stuff and uh, it's really nice. Yeah. Like making a, uh, like ordered some parts and pieces and have been putting together like a, uh, a curing chamber for my resin prints and had to like, got like a soldering station and been like soldering circuit boards to make little LED circuits. What's that for? Uh, it's cause the, the top secret project. It, no, well, the my resin printer, like when it, once you print something with it, it has to be cured by UV light. That's oh. how the resin works. And so, in the past, I've just gone out and set it in the sun for twenty minutes or something, and it's good. But then, like at night, there's no sun, or if it's rainy, there's no sun. And so, like having to like stop the process and wait for the sun is kind of a pain in the ass. So I yeah. just be able to like put it in a box and press a button, and ten minutes later, they're done. Oh shit. It's, uh, it's nice to have a project. I've been kind of in the doldrums with shit like that for a while. I've just been kind of like sailing through and been unmotivated and, uh, to actually like do cool things. Man, you should be building some, uh, some Lego structures yeah, right now in research. In fact, I think, <laughs> I think my kids got a Lego set or two, um, that she got for Christmas that I think that I should have been doing <laughs> uh, since last week when we decided we're doing Lego next week. So I guess like still unopened. Yes. Holy shit. Your she, kid's got way more patience than mine within 20 minutes of opening it. He had all the parts for one of them poured out all over my parents' coffee table. See, I think we had too much to do. And, but, but at the same time, like she, uh, her birthday is not far before, uh, Christmas. So she got a bunch of Lego stuff for that. So we had built like, like a, like a Minecraft, like portal station that has like a little crank thing. Like I got into it with her. It was, it was weird. I was, cause I was never a Lego kid, but you'll find out next week on our Lego episode. And then she got a bunch more. I, I think we did a couple smaller ones right around Christmas, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she's got one or two that, that we still haven't done. It's just, it just sort of got put into a pile of presents and moved to a different place. And, uh. You know, we both got the day off tomorrow for MLK Day, so maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do some Lego, yeah. some Legoing. Fuck yeah! So, what do you got this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was enjoying that that awkward silence, um, though. To the listener, it probably will not be there. Well, let's just uh, let's be a couple of crabby old geeks uh, right up top. Let's oh, just get is, it over with. That's my specialty. Oh, in fact, actually looking at my list. We might, we might, <laughs> there might be a theme. Yeah, there'll be a couple things to talk about. Um, you know, let's talk about this uh, this new Batgirl film that is coming out for HBO Max. Leslie Grace, who is starring in the title role, uh, tweeted out or Instagrammed. I don't know. She released the first official picture of her in her Batgirl costume. And what do you think, Ben? Well, when I saw the thumbnail, I was like, okay, that looks like it might be cool. The colors look right. It's blue. It's got the, you know, goldish yellow. Oh, it's super purple for the record. I can't tell the difference. It looks like the right color. Just letting you know. Oh, oh, I see. It's still consistent (laughs) for you. It looks like the same color to me. It looks like Batgirl's color. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then then I opened it up bigger and uh, I think eh, it's like a weird, almost puffy leather jacket. Yeah. It's like a motorcycle jacket, I guess. I don't know why. 
superhero costume designers fucking love motorcycle jackets so much because they seem to put them on fucking everybody. Well, yeah, especially like in the early 2000s. Um, this one, I can actually see a reason. It's not a good reason, but why they would be doing this. Um, the, the look is clearly modeled after a, uh, a Batgirl redesign from a few years back. It wasn't like right at New 52, but it was uh, a, a couple years in maybe. Uh, but it was called, it's basically known as like Batgirl of Burnside when they had this creative team, Cam Stewart and Babs Tar, come in and sort of like super like Gen Z uh, uh, Batgirl. You know, and just just like I, because I, I don't think it was even millennial at that point. But I don't they, know what that means, but it sounds gross. They made her young and hip, like the 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 first like main cover of of her book. She's like taking a selfie in in a bathroom in her Batgirl costume. I, I can only imagine that that would come off cringy to actual Gen Zers, like a bunch of <laughs> a, a bunch of at, at the very least millennials, if not. If not like Gen Xers being like, let's Gen Z this thing up and get hip with the kids. You know what? I I take I take it back. It may be more accurate to call her hipster Batgirl. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm gonna go more more Jim, towards a, that. A flannel cape and a beard, <laughs> thick rim glasses. Yeah. Um, no, but but like Burnside was supposed to be this like sort of you know young hip section of Gotham and that's where she was going to live. And they like, they, they were basically trying to, to young, young it up. Yeah. And it didn't last forever. And, uh, I, I personally like, I, I loved Cam Stewart's artwork. Turns out he's a real fucking creep. Um, so he's out, but yeah, I, I was excited for a little bit, but it just, I don't know. It went away several years ago. So I don't know why they're modeling this new project after that. Like, I guess there is something to the fact, like, Batgirl's known to ride a motorcycle. Like, that's a thing she does. Yeah. So I guess a motorcycle jacket could be kind of practical. <laughs> yeah, and, and another another um, clear source of inspiration, like, especially with the colors, uh, is the uh, Yvonne Craig's Batgirl from the 66 series. Like, that, that shade of purple it is, is 100% Yvonne Craig's Batgirl. So, I mean, maybe that's a callback there, and she rode a motorcycle. I don't know. I mean, the cowl looks pretty cool. You know, that, it's, it looks like a bat cowl. That's for sure. Yeah. They didn't fuck with, <laughs> you know, it works. Yeah. There's nothing that looks super cool about it though, I guess. Like it, but you know, it's recognizably Batgirl. I'm not going to like confuse her for another superhero. So yeah. I guess they, they got that right. You know, I, I think the main issue I had with it was when I first looked at it, I said, that looks like a CW costume. It, it's absolutely like, what it looks It looks like. right out of the Arrowverse. And, you know, this is at least in some way DCEU, like it's, it's movies. It should be elevated. You know, you're going to have fucking Michael Keaton in this. Like that doesn't look like it fits with Michael Keaton's Batman. You've got JK Simmons's commissioner Gordon, who's going to be your dad. Like I was going to say, she is Barbara Gordon Batgirl, right? From what I understand. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's HBO max movie. So, I mean, it's, it's the modern day direct to DVD release, John. This is not uh, this is not a uh, a theater. It's not going to be a theater grade production. Like the, all this stuff that comes straight to streaming service, though the quality is much better, and we we take that for granted. It is the equivalent of a straight to DVD release. Yeah. This is like Beethoven the Fifth, or you know, Beethoven, you know, with a. It didn't get a theater release. See, there's only so much you can expect. Charles Grodin's not in it. 
Nice pull. <laughs> Beethoven's <Okay>. Fifth, <laughs> which does exist. I mean, I think that was Judge Reinhold in that one. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we're getting. We're, we're not getting a Charles Grodin movie. We're getting a Judge Reinhold Batgirl yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, J.K. Simmons and Michael fucking Keaton are, are doing it. Like, that. That's not nothing. Like, or that's they, where they spent their money, not yeah. on costumes. Yeah, I, I mean, you are correct. You are correct. I, I just, I feel like, I feel like HBO Max has been striving to be better than that. But you are, you are still correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, HBO has always strove to be like. I mean, Game of Thrones had ridiculous production yeah. values. Uh, they, you know, that's kind of been there. They, they were part of the you know group of state of. Uh, stations of networks i guess that uh you know invented high quality television yep because home box office it wasn't a thing before it's a weird thing to monetize and the amount of money that i think they've all been dumping into their original content is probably not sustainable no especially with how fractured the market's gotten yeah, I, th- I think they've they've just been finding ways to justify it to their shareholders right now. Like, well, look at all these subscribers we have. You're like, well, eventually you're going to run out of people. Yeah, like I think Netflix is about there. Like, they're not going to grow much more. If anything, they're, they've got to they've got to keep producing things that make people not cancel their subscription. Well, yeah, imagine if Netflix, you know, had six months where they put out a bunch of shit that people didn't like. Like all of a sudden, yeah. like they're out. You know, people will drop. Yeah, and they probably won't come back because there is so much good content right now. Yeah. I don't get to watch half the shit that I look at and I go, that would be cool. I'd like to watch it. True story. My my watch lists on each, uh, it's each streaming service I have, yeah. I don't have anywhere near enough time to watch all the quality stuff that's out there, much less all the crap. And uh, honestly, I could probably cancel two of my streaming services and still never like sit down and go, well, fuck, I got nothing to watch. Yeah. And so once I figure that out, they're in big trouble. It just, well, it just sucks that each of them have like one or two shows that I really want to watch. So, so like I could, I could get rid of HBO Max other than two or three shows that we watch. Like other than that, I don't, I don't watch HBO Max, but like I would be sitting there bummed if I was, if I was really in the mood to watch those things and I can't watch them anywhere else. Well, I mean, it's, it's just like cable used to be, you know, (laughs) you'd have to subscribe to that giant package and there was like three channels you really gave a shit about. But you still had to pay the 150 bucks a month to get them. <laughs> Barf. <laughs> That's why I went without uh, without television for, geez, like two or three years. I didn't even have internet. I just watched uh, watched DVDs. Went and bought them cheap over at Dimple Records. Holy shit. Living the Spartan life. And then I, I could do all my interneting on the phone. Well, I mean, it was, it was kind of tough and lame because like, I remember I was doing a project for somebody where I had to you know, send them comic book pages and I would have to drive over to the Starbucks parking lot where, where I could get onto the Wi-Fi there to send it. Yeah, no TV. I, I, <laughs> I can imagine that. Uh, my wife might go crazy, but I'd be fine. Uh, but no internet. Uh, I'd have a mutiny on my hands. Yeah, I mean, I also didn't really have a computer that I used, you know? So any, you know, I could internet on my phone and that's fine. I could check my Facebook, Instagram, anything I really needed to do besides send comic book pages um so what else happened oh i heard that that, uh an original art page from secret war sold for over three million dollars yeah it was like 3.3 the first donning of the black suit on spider-man holy shit that's a lot of money i can't imagine paying three million dollars 
I can't imagine, I can hardly imagine having $3 million, yeah. much less spending it on a comic page. Yeah. Is there one thing, like if you, if somebody put $3.3 million in your bank account and said, you have to spend, like you can buy one thing with this and that's it. Can you imagine what you would buy? Not a comic, original comic book page. I can tell you that. Yeah. The kind of guy that spends $3 million on that, that's not his only $3 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He spent $3.3 million on something else also. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's like when you, you go buy yourself a new TV for him. You know, he's like, yeah, I kind of needed a new TV. You know, you got to spend your life savings on a TV. Yeah. But if I had $3 million. If you had $3 million. I would probably buy a bunch of real estate. You'd buy a real estate? Yeah. I I would spend it on some sort of real estate that, uh, like, I'm not going to spend, like, if it had to be on something frivolous, maybe a a helicopter would be cool. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a helicopter. I was was trying to, like, already game the system on my own um, hypothetical, and I was like, maybe I'd just buy, like, a... You know, Action Comics number one, so I can sell it because somebody would definitely buy it, and then I could just buy all sorts of shit with uh, a gold bullion. I'd like to have some gold bullion. (laughs) I've actually always wanted to have a bar of gold. Yeah, that would be pretty. Would just be a cool thing to have. Uh, I think they're like a hundred thousand dollars each. I mean, they've got to be at least that. Because I've 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 looked into buying gold before, and it's like ten thousand dollars for one of those little PP like one inch bars jeez uh and it's like nope no i have like an actual full-on gold bar like that like you see in the cartoons oh yeah or in goldfinger yeah would be uh ridiculous i don't know why my brain went here but i was like i want to have a gold bar stained with the blood of somebody who tried to steal it from me (laughs) yeah well, uh, if you ever get a gold bar, John, I won't try and steal it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I what I have planned. Yeah, you you mean business? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's pretty wild, and I'm not shocked by that. But the one thing that bums me out because I didn't I didn't actually look into the story. I just saw the headline, but I doubt it was Mike Zek himself who sold it. No, it was probably some other collector that really made out big. Yeah, some guy that probably bought it for like six hundred bucks back in like 1988. And just sold it for $3.3 million. And that bums me out for Mike Zek. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to say like, this guy needs to give Mike Zek some money. Because, you know, his circumstance, like he he made a good investment, uh, you know, and uh, and good on him. But man, like if I was Mike Zek, I'd be bummed. Like I think about that with my comic pages, even though, uh, you know, we, we, we know what's what. But like I, I just think about, you know, in the future not having them, or if there ever was a time when, when my name got big, you know, like, ugh, that was not worth that hundred bucks or 200 bucks. I mean, as, as much of a stupid, ridiculous, not scam, but just uh, craze that I think they are. I think that is one of the neat things about NFTs. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I don't know why people would be buying these things. And then why someone pays $5,000 for a little picture of a monkey. Uh, confu- like not even like to act, I mean, I guess you kind of own it. You have a, you have a thing on a blockchain that says you own it. Uh, you can't do anything with it. You don't physically have it. It doesn't stop anybody else from just having it also. But one of the cool things about NFTs is that the original creator gets a cut every time it's sold. Mm-hmm. So like, in, you know, if this had that same kind of arrangement, Mike Zach would have gotten like a 10% kickback on this. 
uh, which I th- I think is a neat thing for creators to be able to kind of, if you put something out into the world that becomes popular and is getting sold, bought and sold all over the place, that like you still have a a, a way to, you yeah, know, you're getting royalties on it. Yeah, yeah, you still I mean, getting something back for your uh, creation, which yeah. I think is cool because I, I hate it when yeah, the secondary market people make all the money, uh, like scalpers and shit when they buying up graphics cards and PS5s and selling them for twice the price. But fuck those guys. Yeah, I remember years ago. You know, I was looking for something that was long. It was like a like an instructional DVD or something that was long out of uh, print. I don't know what is that is. Yeah, would they still call it that with DVDs? Long out of they burn. weren't making more of long them. out of burn. You burn DVDs. Yeah, don't and, you? I, and I was like, hey, does you know does anybody just have this that I that I could you know either borrow or send me a file of or what or so? And like, I got a lot of flack about about, you know, trying to get it illegally and trying to pirate it, you know, like, oh, so you don't, you know, you don't want to pay for it. So you just want to, I was like, well, people were acting like I was screwing over the original creator. And I'm like, whoever, you know, whoever's got this out there, like anything I'm paying them isn't going to the original creator. Like it's, it's all on the secondary market and it pretty much doesn't exist anymore. Has, have none of them ever bought a secondhand DVD? I don't know. Like they've never, like, do they pick it? used record stores or may, maybe I mean, they were doing sake. it maybe they were doing it more on the basis that like yeah maybe it was like because the the few copies i could find were just like turbo expensive but they w- were secondary markets yes still. yeah so, so so people were like oh because you don't want to pay it you know you're you're not you're you're not gonna you know give this creator what they're doing i'm like well it's not going to the creator at all it's going you know it's like i don't know it's basically like a fucking ebay shyster with star wars toys back in the early 2000s unless the creator bought up all the copies of their own thing and now they've got an ebay store selling them (laughs) yeah i should have looked into that (laughs) but at a premium in which case eh, kind of a dick move dude yeah yeah (laughs) fuck them either way (laughs) well i've got a follow-up from i think it was our last debrief i'm pretty sure it was maybe the one before that but i'm i'm afraid that uh well you know it could be a good thing could be a bad thing but what's I'm her name? Baited breath. Yeah, Steph. Uh, Stephanie Maddow <laughs> has stopped selling her farts. I heard about that. She ended up in the hospital with like gastrointestinal problems <laughs> from all the shit she was eating and all the farting she was doing. Fucking amateur. Oh, I love it. I think it's so hilarious. You can't just get into farting. You got to live farting. I've been yeah. doing this shit my whole life. Yeah, I could fart ten times a day. Every day for the rest of my life because I've I've conditioned my body to do so. I'm pretty sure I do like yeah. easily. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it, it, I I don't need to change anything in order to produce copious amounts of methane. Yeah, Steph Maddow, you you beautiful piece of shit. Uh, get out of my game. And remember, folks, jarredfarts.com. Go visit us at jarredfarts.com. Let us know uh, what kind of farts you want to get. And, uh, and we're, so I guess that's the good side of it is that we can now corner the market now that yeah. none of the sexy ladies are, uh, are out of it. Hadn't you ever seen Jay and Silent Bob? Girls don't fart. Mm-hmm. Only skeezy stoners fart. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, well, she made, she made her money. So good for her. Yeah. I think she still came out of this on top. Yeah. Uh, of the two sides of that transaction, she was definitely the winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Book of Boba Fett yet at all? No, I have not. I still have not gotten around to that. I, I haven't finished Hawkeye. I haven't done shit. I caught up. I'm, uh, you know, three episodes in and uh, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's, 
let's see, try to try to do a, a no spoiler review here. It's definitely in the Star Wars universe, which I think is the biggest thing it has going for it. So Feels like Star cool. Wars. Yeah, yeah, they got like little Easter eggs here and there, and it, yeah, I mean, it looks like Star Wars, and it feels like Star Wars. I mean, it is that. I'm not impressed with the the storytelling. I guess like they've they've all. I think they've all been written by John Favreau, and he, he, I know he did a bunch with the Mandalorian and whatnot. And I, but it just seems like they thought up some cool set pieces mm-hmm. and then kind of just strung them together without any sort of like logic as to why these things would happen. Like I just found myself continually going like, why the fuck would that be happening? Or why didn't they do this? Or what the fuck is going on? Uh, It didn't stop me from enjoying it, but like there's a scene in the, you know, the first like big fight scene of the, uh, of the series where they get ambushed in the streets. Like, you know, you know, he's the general plot. He's taken over for Jabba the Hutt. Yep. And he's the, you know, big dick in, uh, what the is smuggling Mos, trade. Moss Eisley. No, not Eisley. The other no. one. Uh, most deaf. Yeah. Most deaf. <laughs> anyway. His, so he's like getting tribute from everybody and like, he's walking around town and he's got some bodyguards and whatnot with him and they get ambushed and they like fight their way out of it. Why would Boba Fett be walking through town without his blaster why do none of them have blasters on them are you you gotta be kidding me there's no way this seasoned bounty hunter knowing that he's a contentious crime lord and he's walking around basically asking everybody for fucking protection money that he's not gonna carry <laughs> none a of them have blasters gun now i'm trying to remember but I, I feel like isn't isn't uh robert rodriguez a big part of this yeah okay he directed it yeah all right it's it, like I said, it's the, it's the same folks doing kind of the same thing, but it, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't feel as inspired. And maybe, maybe it's because it wasn't. Maybe Disney was like, Boba Fett's big, right? Let's make a Boba Fett show. You guys make a Boba Fett show. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, You did uh, such a good job with Mandalorian. How about Boba Fett? Yeah. So they didn't really have like a vision behind it that they were creating. They were creating something, a uh, vision to be determined. Yeah. They've just got money behind it. Yeah. And it, and it kind of shows. Um, but I mean, it's it's good. I'll keep watching it. But uh, it, it kind of feels, it just feels like obligatory more Star Wars stuff. So I'm not going to be, I'm not super excited about finishing it. It's not like really, yeah. really great. But, uh, oh, they did do the Sarlacc thing. Okay. So it does show how he got out? I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, Perfect. It no, I don't, I don't want to know anything else. <laughs> I'm closing my eyes. I don't even want to see your face. Yeah. Like half the show is flashbacks, which was more than I was expecting. Yeah. I mean... Maybe I'll get around to it. I don't, I don't know. I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about Ahsoka Tano. But, you know, when, when the next season of uh, Mandalorian comes out, I'm going to watch it. Um, when Obi-Wan comes out, I'm definitely watching that shit. Holy fuck, I can't wait for that. I'm just I'm just hoping someone's got, someone has a, had a story to tell before it got greenlit yeah. on either one of those. And I feel like Obi-Wan has been sitting and, and um, gestating long enough to where there is purpose behind it you know that, that there is a story to tell um yeah i, I, I I'm hope hoping. so yeah because the other option is it's been sitting and rotting for long <laughs> yeah. enough that it's going to come out some sort of fetid fetus monster of star wars abortionhood gross and so uh, fucking gross. i really don't want that <laughs> yeah I, I one thing i can tell you about book of boba fett is uh there are going to be scenes that you're going to hate yeah that's what i've heard because the uh the special effects are not top notch let's say <sighs> Which is shocking. I don't know why Disney does that. Is it is it the same problems that I was having with Mandalorian, where it's like the uh, their new technology with backgrounds and shit? Maybe. Or is it just like shitty character models? 
but a bit of both. Oh boy. And just some, and just stuff that just looks fake and wrong. In the third one, there is uh, a chase scene that I think was supposed to seem more fast than it does. Like it seems really slow and boring. It's just a boring ass chase scene. See, ass chase scenes are yeah. not supposed to be boring. <laughs> Somehow, it, they they everything seems to be happening too slow, which is weird because usually you want things to look fast, and yeah. uh, they just they just don't. They just feel. Yeah, like imagine the speeder bike scene in in Jedi, yes. but like them going like you know ten miles an hour instead of like forty. Yeah, just coasting through the uh, Northern California redwoods. Yeah, so Endor. it's it, you know not quite as uh, not quite what I hoped for, but uh, about what I expected. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, have you watched the new Peacemaker series on HBO oh, Max? Neither have I. Fuck. I had the day off yesterday and the kid was at school and the lady was at work and I actually sat down for a couple hours of me time and um, I should have watched Peacemaker because it looks really entertaining. What I did do instead was I uh, got back to some Superliminal. Um, we had talked about that game probably a few months back now at least um, when it first came out and you, I, I actually saw you beat it. I walked in like, oh, yeah. like the moment before you beat it and thankfully... It was so fucking weird and out there that I don't even remember what exactly happened. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing lots of like bright white and like open space and stuff, but I don't remember what happened. So that's that's good. That game gets pretty abstract by the end. Good, because um, I I I sat down and got into it. You know, like I did have to use a walkthrough for a couple little spots. It's it's like when I'm when I'm trying to figure out a riddle. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I like riddles and, and some logic puzzles, you know, when it's like math or when it's like too many twists and turns, I don't, you know, it's just, it's more than I want to deal with. But I feel like with riddles, I can always pick out the parts that are important, but I can't always put them together. And that's how it is with this game. Sometimes I'm like, I see these elements and I'm like, this, this is what I need to be paying attention to, but I can't figure out exactly how to make it do what I need it to do. So I did have to have to drop in on a walkthrough here and there, but I got through an entire level without having to use one. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm yeah. good. I'm, I'm getting in the zone. I had a few times in that game where I just had to walk away for a bit. I was like, like, I'm stumped. I have no idea what's going on here. I've, I think I've checked everything. And then I'd come back and within like 10 minutes, I'd be like, oh, look at that really obvious thing that for some reason I just, I could not notice last time. And then I'd keep moving on. Honestly, that, that exact thing happened to me, like in the beginning of the game, like I got through the tutorial and then you get into the facility for the first time. And there's that room where, you, where it's like, you know, it's like a clearly like a set, like yeah. you can see that it's a set on the other side. I was like, I've checked fucking everything and I can't figure it out. And then I looked at the, that was the first time I looked at the walkthrough and it's like, just grab the exit sign and make it big so you can get over the wall. And I was just like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I swear I looked at the exit signs. Yeah. It was very, very frustrating because it's like. If I would have just paid a little more attention at one point, it would have happened. But like, you know, I just, I did not. I was a little bummed when I beat it because I tried really hard to hit all of the fire alarms throughout the whole game. Yeah. And didn't get the, get all the fire alarms. Did it tell you how many you did get? Uh, no. Oh. So I've, no yeah, I've been trying to do that. And, and, ex and every extinguisher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's an achievement for both of those. And I didn't get either one of them. And I'm like. Fuck, that means I missed one somewhere. <laughs> it could have just been one for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I was I was playing and I was like, okay, the, I I like that this game only has like a creepy like ambiance. But but 
it's all in my head, you know, cause it's all just puzzles. This is great. My kid and lady came home and uh, the kid was watching. She's like, you know, feeling a little creepy. I'm like, no, this is fine. I just started a level, you know, waking up and hitting the alarm and going out into the facility. And I was just talking her through everything that I do and how every level starts like that. And I always grab a soda just in case walk out into a hallway and like all the lights shut off. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. And then there's like blood on the floor. She's like, is that blood? I was like, no, nah, it's, 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 it's paint. It's paint. I go through another door into like a, a dark or there's like a lit hallway, but there's like darkness on either side. And then the door shuts behind me. And by that point, she's just fucking terrified. She went away then. But I mean, she was so freaked out like that night and she was scared to like go into her room and take a shower because, you know, she, I mean, she's, she's pretty yeah, scared of a lot of things. frightened. Yeah. Yes. I, I know exactly which level you're talking about. It comes out of nowhere. Like everything's kind of like bright and shiny and colorful. And then you get to that level and it's like, all right, murder and darkness everywhere. Yeah. There's a sign in this little room on the end that, that has like the days of the week and like starting on Monday, it's like murder, 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 murderer murder beans and i'm like oh geez and like <laughs> like it started to creep me out but I, but i was enjoying it but you know angelina was not happy with what it did to our kids so it's it's really difficult for me to find a time when i can play it on the bright side after you get past that level it doesn't do that ever again oh really like i mean there's some stuff where you know it gets where you have to deal with darkness and stuff but it's never like scary again this is the murder level that yes that is the, yeah that is the murder level oh and cool and after that everything's fine good that makes me feel a little better too because as we all know i'm a big wuss too so like if it's you know if angelina's upstairs and and ella's asleep and it's like just dark in my house and i'm just sitting there like trying to play it on my own i'm i got freaked out too yeah, that, that one was cool. That's like the first level where it introduces like darkness to you and like how you don't trust that it means nothing's there. Yes. I, th that was the last thing I discovered because I, I was like, I was looking around. I was like, what the fuck? And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go move towards the wall. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm moving into darkness. Oh, I'm, but I'm getting farther away from the lit hallway. And then there's another corridor on yep. either side. And I was like, oh shit. Like that, that, that was me in that moment. I was just like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? Like going into the darkness. The way that game introduces new mechanics to you is very well done. Cause it doesn't, uh, there's no like tutorial or anything. It just gives them to you in small enough chunks that you start figuring out the new ways to manipulate yep. the world. It's, you know, it makes you feel very clever. Yes. Like I said, that one level when I didn't have to have to use a walkthrough even for one little part, like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm in it. Man, I feel like everything on my list or most things on my list is just experiences. But um, I saw Ghostbusters. Oh, fuck yeah. What would yeah. you think? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, it was engineered specifically for that, and I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I'm curious what somebody would feel uh, having not seen any of them. Like if it was just like a... 14 year old who had no idea of the the old ghostbusters movies yeah like if they would know. enjoy I mean, it because it's definitely geared toward towards a younger audience too yeah it is and i think it would i mean all the stuff was there for its own story but it it you know you, they'd miss out on all the little uh fan service stuff they put in i mean there. and there was a lot a of it ton of it i mean even just the main villain but i i, I think they yeah they did put enough of the villain's motivation into this movie to where you didn't have to see the original one. Yes. But, but I mean, a lot of it was like bordering on like dangerous retread territory with like the dogs and stuff. Like it, it, it was, it was some extreme homage if I'm being kind. 
Yeah, no, it was very uh, Force Awakens kind of rehashy. Yeah. And uh, which is kind of a bummer, but not necessarily. And I think it was something similar to the way I felt about Force Awakens, where it was like, okay, yeah, you know, here, like, we're sorry for, you know, pooping on the fandom. And uh, <laughs> here's here's the thing you love. You like this, right? And um, yeah, I do. So it kind of worked. Like, I mean, I don't think the story necessarily had to be super different or unique because the genre was, was new. Like, the, what the, you know, the whole kid coming of age kind of you know spielbergian adventure thing yeah it was the new part of ghostbusters the the story and plot didn't necessarily have to be different because if you changed everything then would it even feel like ghostbusters at all anymore yeah if it was you know these kids doing this going up against a completely new threat with no tie to the original is that is that ghostbusters then why even call it ghostbusters yeah you know, so it's a fine line to walk when you're, you know, digging up the grave of everybody's childhood. Well, speaking of fine lines and digging up graves, something I wanted to talk about, like, okay, so the movie opens up with a, I mean, we're not going to go into like a full analysis yeah. of the film, but this was an important part to me. You know, dude driving out of the mines, being chased by ghosts, he's setting up this trap and like there, there's like a quick little profile shot, like when, when he's getting ready to set this giant ghost trap up on a farm. And I was just like, Oh, that's fucking Egon. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's fucking Egon. But they weren't showing him like, like they weren't giving you like a, like a princess Leia or Grand Moff Tarkin, like yes. super CGI Thank Egon you. there. Yes. And you know, when, when he dies, like I felt it and I was just like, fuck, like that was the perfect way to open this up. Like it, you don't kill him off screen and you also don't try to insult people with a fake Egon. Like it, it was until it later. Was, Yes, it was perfect. <laughs> and I loved it so much. And then when they put that fucking CGI Egon in later, I was so bummed like that. That was exactly what I didn't want. It looked great. And they didn't try to have him talk, thankfully. Yes. But it just deflated that whole feeling early. Like, like if they would have just had, you know, like the little girl inexplicably being able to hold off uh, Zool or Gozer. Zool? I can never remember which the 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 bubble, but now spiky chick. Yeah, Zool's um, one of the dogs. Oh, is that what it is? The gate, the gate master, and the or or key master and the gatekeeper. Yeah, one of them is Zool. And Go Gozer's the god. Oh, jeez, I'm fuck. Um, but all of a sudden, the little girl can can hold her hold her off, yeah, you know, or at least is having less trouble than all of the Ghostbusters, you know, the old Ghostbusters combined. Sorry, that's beside the point. But if they would have just had like some ghost hands, like go around her and just, you know, sort of strengthen her rather than putting like a full CGI Egon there who he can like, you know, sort of wave to everybody and, and not say anything and then float away. That, that bummed me out. I think the weakest point of that movie is the ending. Yeah. It crossed the line finally from tasteful fan service to, you know, it jumped the shark. Yeah, it stopped making sense. Like it broke narrative when it came through. Like, like I, the end of it just left me with a bunch of questions that I would have preferred not to have. Like, okay, why why did all the Ghostbusters get together and show up here just in time? Where did they get proton packs if Egon took them all? There, there was a line that implied that Egon didn't take everything. Oh, it sounded like he took everything and left them high and dry, and that's why he was so pissed off and you know basically 
Yeah, but it, he it can was rot in hell. He, it was like a it was like a semantics thing, or it was it was like just a little like a a very I, I'll go back and watch it again, but um, a very deliberately worded sentence that that allowed for them to still have technology and for yeah. Egon to have made more. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, so a couple the the big like continuity issues I had with it was you know a them showing up in the end and it just being kind of. Ham-fisted. Just a bit too much. The 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 CGI Egon um, n- not getting sucked into the giant trap with all the other ghosts. Like, what? Why is he some sort of special ghost that oh, isn't shit. affected by the ghost trap? Whoa! I, I didn't even think about that. I was fully expecting him to get sucked into it because he's a fucking ghost. <laughs> oh no, that's gonna bother me next time I watch it. The other big continuity thing that bugged me a little bit at the time, and the more I thought about it, the more it bugged me was. Uh, you know, when Ray was talking about, uh, you know, oh, Egon found this big threat out there and he went out, you know, he's out there, you know, basically had to go out and try and save the world because Gozer was going to come back and all this stuff. Ray would be totally on board with that. He wouldn't be like, no, Egon, that's dumb. Oh. You go do that by yourself. He'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like he would absolutely, he wouldn't have been like, oh, you're crazy. There's no ghosts over there. Like, yeah, we beat Gozor. No, he would have been in on it. Never mind that the, uh, what was it? Shandor? I- Ivo Shandor? Like the Shandor mines out there where they, where they mined out all the, uh, the metal for the, yeah. for the structure is out there and there's huge so activity. Ray would have absolutely at least gone out and investigated with him. I could see Peter being like, yeah, I'm done. Totally. I could get that, but Ray, I'm not fucking by. And then just leaving him leaving him high and dry out there by himself. Like it's just, I just don't buy it. Yeah. What I thought you were going to say was how, how Ray's talking about how the old headquarters was now a Starbucks. And then in the very end, Ernie Hudson goes into the old headquarters, but, Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's talking about selling it and it was a Starbucks now. And then Ernie Hudson takes the Ecto one in there, which I am stoked because I mean, that was their clear gateway to, a future movie with Ernie Hudson, you know, rest- investing in the Ghostbusters. They're, they're going to need more ghosts, which they can figure out a way to do. But, you know, I'll, I'll see another one. I don't need another one. And I certainly don't need another one where they're just forcing it to be Finn Wolfhard and um, what's her name? Ma- Maggie, Maggie Grace. I can't, I can't remember. But I mean, that, that little girl was fantastic. Wonderful. She was so good. She like those, those, uh, you know, scientific jokes and like lines and stuff that they give her could have, could have been disastrous, but she did such a good job with them. Her little friend called podcast. I don't like that little fucker. I, I think he's one of those things like, uh, like Dakota Fanning in uh war of the worlds where it's like no child talks like that at all. He's, he's using jokes that were hackneyed when they were on fucking king of queens and everybody <laughs> loves raymond and like no this kid doesn't exist in the real world but uh paul rudd was great uh finn wolfhard was great why not he probably could have just not been in the movie and it wouldn't have had any different made a difference but it's true uh, they need someone else to drive yeah but that's it but uh you know like his performance wasn't necessarily bad yeah. he did uh he did the finn wolfhard thing yeah the what, one thing that 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 grinded my gears um was egon's daughter how like she goes down in the lab and sees that he's been keeping track of her. he's got pictures throughout all her life and shit and the the thing that bugged me was like if he cares that much why the fuck didn't he ever just call her he's not an emotionally in touch gentleman like the idea that that the whole idea of 
having an emotional and possibly confrontational conversation with his estranged daughter would make him anxious and or, you know, just be the kind of thing like maybe tomorrow and just kind of ended up putting it off until it was too late where, you know, it became even more awkward. Um, He's not an he was never an emotionally in touch guy. Like he didn't really understand that. I could see him being terrified by having to deal with whatever emotions might come out of that. That's fair. All right. He's, he's more comfortable with uh, mold spores and fungus. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel about the cornucopia of uh, Easter eggs and callbacks that they just, they crammed in there? Love it. I'm not one to get pissed off about that, about something like that. Yeah. I can understand why that would be too much for somebody and why they wouldn't enjoy it, but that's not me. I heard a bunch of people complain like, oh, and well, of course he finds a Twinkie in the yeah. glove box. It's like, that's not hurting the narrative at all yeah that's just you know why not like it's just a, a little callback it's a little thing and yeah the it, stay puff marshmallow men you know like the little guys i thought that was a little dumb but i i it was exactly what i thought it was going to be from the trailer yeah and i i don't think that needed to be there but you know what make some kids happy uh sell some merch uh, you know it it didn't negatively impact the story to the point that it bothered me, except for, again, in the end, where for some reason there's a whole bunch of them in the fucking Ecto-1 when he's trying to shoot the the thing. Like, did they have a bag of marshmallows in there? Like, where did they come from? Maybe we can spot one earlier. Egon loved Stay Puft Marshmallows. They probably should have stayed where they were. Uh, the Hellhounds look fucking good. You know, I loved how the very first shot of the Hellhound, I think it was in the in the grocery store was practical yeah and he was sitting on his belly just like the original ones because they couldn't figure out how to you know make the full standing robotic so that that was totally a callback but i it was it was a little much for me when paul rudd was getting chased down and like even the way like like even the the movements that they designed for the hellhound were were the same like how he like busted out and crashed into something like slid sideways yeah yeah. and and then like him like you know when he actually takes paul rudd like it, it was it was a little too much of like a one for one. It's canon, know. John. They have very slippery feet. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like even the the shots, the way the way they shot it was just like the first one. I was like, okay, that's that's a little much. Well, I mean, even when he finds her and she's like lying out on the rock mm-hmm. was, I mean, it wasn't on top of the same building, kind of but dress. I mean, it was the same fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. I wish, even though it wouldn't have made sense narratively, and I don't, but I don't know if it would have made less sense. I wish Slimer was there and not Muncher. I got, I, I miss Slimer. We didn't see him at all. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's retired. He's on a tropical Island somewhere. He's with Beetlejuice in Hawaii Yeah, for the Beetlejuice <laughs> sequel. <laughs> but I mean, all in all, uh, I, I was happy with it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it was, uh, I don't think it, it's not going to be one of the greats, but, uh, it was, if they're not going to make any new original films, I guess this is better than totally fucking it up. Yeah, and if I'm doing a Ghostbusters marathon, I will I will watch it. Like it'll be in there. The the 2016 one will not be. No. Honestly, I was just thinking about it in the moment. I may just watch the first one in this rather than one two in this because I don't know when the last time you watched two was. Maybe for our Ghostbusters episode, yeah. but it's not great. It's yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not terrible. Nothing's but. great compared to the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. So like it's. I I think I would agree though. I I would put it. You know, in my ranking, it would be the original one, Afterlife, Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. 
We don't have to think about anybody, Paul Feig's. Anybody ever mentioning the Ghostbusters, uh, all of the Ghostbusters cartoons, um, <laughs> a dream I had about the Ghostbusters, and then maybe at the very end of the list, whatever, whatever may be in between there, Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, answer the call. Well, did it always have that no, it subtitle? Was, because it was when it came out that. on DVD. Okay, because when it came out, I don't remember it having a subtitle at no. all, and then I've seen it referred to as Answer the Call a bunch of times. I think they use that in their promotional material, like hashtag answer the call. And then when they put it out on DVD, it, it had answer the call under the, uh, under the title. To try and skirt all of the bad things said about Ghostbusters 2016. Be like, no, it's actually, this is a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Um, wow. Sorry. That took longer than I thought. Yeah. No, or, not. It's about, about right. You know, if people are choosing to listen to us, it's because they, in some way, enjoy hearing us talk so i guess giving them more of it isn't such a bad thing yeah they need to have like, something like, to do while they sleep or jog or drive you yeah. know i mean they can't just sit there with their own thoughts that's terrifying i love listening to uh to podcasts when i'm doing laundry or doing dishes and yeah. you know if if all of a sudden gorley and rust had a uh, extra long episode i wouldn't be pissed yeah not to compare myself to you know the podcast that i look up to um, so I think that that pretty much exhausts my notes. Yeah. I mean, the, the only other thing that I had on here was, uh, did you hear about the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hayapi eruption yesterday? Is that legitimately what it's called or are you yes. just like making up words? No, that is legitimately <laughs> okay. what it's called. It's, right. It was a big ass underwater volcano in Tonga. No. I got a video to show. Oh, where, what did I do with my phone? Oh, it's on the floor. Oh, I was going to say, did you leave it out? Because I haven't heard a <laughs> this episode. Uh, but no, it was uh, just a huge, like Krakatoa level volcanic eruption in Tonga yesterday. Like 7.4 Richter scale earthquake, uh, ash plume, like an explosion, an explosion so big it could be seen from space and was caught on multiple satellites. Whoa! Yeah, here, let, I gotta, I'll show you this video here real quick. It is fucking nuts. I mean, it's like a once in a thousand year type of event. Tonga's like an island chain, like all the, you know, there's a bunch of them in the Pacific. And it blew yesterday. It caused a tsunami there. there. I mean, it's like nuclear fucking winter there. there. You know, the sky went black like it was night. Uh, Ashfall, no, no, no one's been able to get in or out. So you, there's no real idea of like how much damage or how many, you know, what the death toll is. But, uh, there's been a few videos and stuff that have made it out there, but most, like most of the communication lines were severed. You can't see anything via satellite. There's so much ash. You can't really fly a plane in there. Uh, like you could hear the explosion 2000 kilometers away in New Zealand and it put out a tsunami warning for the entire Pacific coast. Damn. I guess like uh, like two people died in Chile because the, like a, a wave hit their truck when they were driving along the beach. Wow. But yeah, here is a video of the explosion, and I'll I'll post this in the show notes from NASA's one of NASA's uh, satellites. And keep in mind this, that the ex like the main explosion radius is a hundred miles, so it's this explosion's two hundred miles wide. This is a twelve-hour time lapse. This is but, from satellite. Yeah, I think the frames are like an hour apart. That's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, you can see the shockwave spread out and like push all Damn. the clouds out away in front of it. Woof. It formed a new island. 
There's like a whole new island where it is now. That was going to be my question. Like with with all that all of that liquid hot magma, when it cools down, is there going to be a new landmass? There already is. Damn. A, yeah. So it's like like if you look at the pictures, Lex Luthor, go claim it. They've got like the new pictures of it, and it look you're like that's not underwater. That's there's an island right there. Like no, that island is brand new. Wow. Yeah, it is. Uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully it didn't kill too many people, but uh, yeah, hopefully it didn't kill everybody. Yeah, 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 but it's it's going to be a fucking mess down there, and they're going to need some help for sure. I mean, they've got you know acid rain issues because of all the mm-hmm. sulfur and shit in the that's in the atmosphere now, and it's uh, but you know geologically, it's like that's the kind of shit that could happen at like Yellowstone one day. Really? Oh yeah, Yellowstone's got a big old. I mean, it's sitting on top of a giant caldera that I mean it it's a super volcano. And if it blows up, uh, you know, it'll kill everyone within like a 500 mile radius immediately and, and, uh, wipe out probably, you know, most of the people here. <laughs> Yellowstone's a fucking, what the fuck? What are we doing living in America? <laughs> <laughs> Freedom. Holy shit. Yeah. If it decides to go, uh, it, it's, it's, it'll fucking mess everything up. That's that that'll be like the thing like COVID will finally get licked. And then like the next summer, here comes, here comes Yellowstone. Yeah. It's the kind of thing. I mean, it, it basically everywhere in the contiguous United States would have feel earth, you know, feel the earthquake and the Eastern seaboard's probably fucked because the jet stream runs through there. So all that ash is going East, Good. but I mean, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's enough material there. They figure if it, if it blows and blows big, I mean, the entire world will get ash. It'll be like Krakatoa. I mean, th- even this could like they're they're predicting it could uh, like lower global temperature f- by a couple degrees for a year or two because it's going to hey, throw so much great. material into the atmosphere. Take that global warming. But then all that shit it spewed is going to be in the atmosphere, so it'll probably you know bounce back up again afterwards. But wow, yeah, pretty fucking wild. Yeah, nature's weird. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck with Earth. <laughs> oh man. So recommendations. Yeah. Um, I've got a recommendation and this goes into something I did yesterday. So I recommend everybody else do it too. My kid was invited to a birthday party yesterday and, uh, myself and Angelina went along. Oh, did you finally punch one of those little turds? <laughs> no, these kids are super cool. These, these <laughs> kids are, are, are really nice. Cause there's always that one kid at the kid's birthday party oh, that geez. you just like, you wear their fucking parents. You just want to trip that little shit. You know, I think if I had a boy, I'd probably run into more of those cause boys are fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that, that little enough. boy, at, uh, that, that your daughter brought around a few years back to like a Christmas party or something. I oh, want to throw Halloween that kid party, through a window. Yeah. Oh, is that what yeah. it was? Yeah. That little shit. Oh, <laughs> you had a fucking smart mouth on him. But no, I went roller skating. Oh yeah. It had been many, many years. And uh and I took to it a lot easier than I did ice skating, that's for sure. I I wasn't gonna skate at first. You know, I was kind of regretting that I didn't bring my iPad with me so I couldn't work. There was a lady like in the snack bar area working on her laptop, and I was walking by and I was like, I'm so jealous of you right now. I just want to be working, not be at a kid's birthday party. That's the most adult thing anyone's ever said. John. I was at the roller rink and I just wanted to work. I was so jealous of her. I was like, this person's just at a roller rink, letting everyone play and just just being professional. But no, I went. I went and put a pair of skates on and fucking got on there. I didn't fall once. I I took to nice. it and uh, it was such a good time. Like at first, before I put the skates on, I was watching this other dude that's probably around like our age. 
skating and like you know he had like his hands in his pockets and he was just like swinging back and forth i was he i was like this guy is fucking like reliving his glory days from when he was like 14 and the world was his oyster but i found myself kind of in the same spot once i once i started cruising i i had to start you know like making sure angelina was with me because all of a sudden like i'm seeing these you know these little kids and tweens and stuff and i'm like Eh, it's like being at the, uh, like, like the same reason why you and I can't go to the water park without our significant others. It's like, I just feel like a creep. Oh yeah. You don't want to be the weird 40 year old guy at the roller yeah. rink. Yeah. It's, it, it felt, it felt icky. So at so, least they're not in bathing suits at the roller <laughs> rink. Yeah. No kidding. Um, but Angelina was more than happy to skate with me and like the little one, you know, this is only her second time ever going and like by her like second time around, she was in tears and just like, you know, she bashed herself up good. She Aww. fell a lot. She doesn't know how. And she was ready to give up. Thankfully, this this little girl, a uh, school friend of hers, encouraged her to go out. And so it was just the two of them going and she wasn't good either. And and they were just figuring it out together. And like Angelina went up after a little while and, you know, because she saw her fall. Then all of a sudden, the little one was having trouble again and i was like get out of there angelina like let her figure this out let her build her own confidence with her friend and uh and she did so it, it uh time by the end of the day you know my little girl was having the time of her life even though she oh, still yeah. wasn't good and she was falling but like she's like i only fell twice that time and you're like oh it was like it, it was so good to see her blossoming with a friend you know but sorry wow that's I went way into my experience. I recommend going roller skating because it was a lot of fun. Made me feel like a kid again. Unless you fell, in which case then you'd feel like an old man. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> the closest I got to falling was when I was stepping off of the rink and, and, and like going to sit down. Like I tumbled into my seat a little bit. Because you will not bounce back like your daughter did. <laughs> no, no. I mean, honestly, I've, ever since I went ice skating a couple months ago, I was... I've been thinking about getting a pair of rollerblades, you know, like, I, I don't know. And just, I've got a trail near my place, just like hitting the trail or going up the street. Like it's decent exercise. And I'm, I'm more likely to do that than run or jog. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause you can stop and keep moving. <laughs> yeah. I can take <laughs> like a break nice. on yeah, the move. And roll yeah. still. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Sorry. What do you got to recommend? So my recommendation may or may not be a recommendation. I'm not sure yet. Okay. So I, I started reading something and I was like, oh, cool. I, I, I'd like this to be my recommendation. This would be cool. This is an interesting one. I'm not sure it's good enough for me to recommend necessarily, but it's only halfway through its run. It's called The Rise. And it's basically a prequel to Night of the Living Dead comic book by George C. Romero, uh, George A. Romero's son. And I, saw, I read an interview with him and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, like, cause he's, I guess for a while he's like tried to like not wade into his father's legacy cause he kind of wanted to do his own thing. Yeah. But then kind of realized, you know what? Fuck it. The interview was cool. Cause he was talking about how like he grew up on like the, the sets for those movies. Mm -hmm. Like he'd be there and he'd be hanging out with the crew and talking with the zombies and shit. It's like, wow, what a cool experience. Yeah. <laughs> like to actually be there to see that head explode in, in dawn. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, like he's, he's steeped in it and he's got, you know, the, a, a unique perspective. And, and so I was stoked about it. And, uh, and I read the first three issues cause that's what's out right now. It's I think three of six that are planned mm -hmm. and it's, it's pretty good. I, it's weird. It's published by heavy metal. Cause I, I, 
put my notification on Global Comics, and so now it tells me every time something comes out, and so I saw that. And it's, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't seem quite professional. I don't know if it's the letterer, but like as I'm reading through it, there's been a number of times where I'm confused as to who's talking. Ew. Or like the the story jumps and I'm not really sure how it's bridged, you know, like the, the, the visual storytelling is not, not super clear, I guess. Uh, like so far the story's interesting enough, you know, the, the bones of it are good and it, it, you know, it's telling kind of telling the story of the things that are leading up to it and and why, which is interesting because I don't know if that's ever, you know, it's never been really been explained thoroughly. Not as far as I know with, uh, with the Romero stuff. Yeah. They're like, I think in like day of the dead, there's some mentions of some stuff, like some military experiments and stuff. So without spoiling anything, can you tell me like, well, shit. Okay. Spoil this for me. And everybody else. Cause we're recording. this. Well, yeah. Cause I, cause <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to know what it is, but what I'm curious, I mean, well, and if it's going to spoil everything, then don't, then don't tell me, but like, I really hope it's not just like a plague. It's not good. Thank you. I can, I can tell you that it's not that. Okay. And, uh, I, I, you know, I can't tell you a hundred percent what everything is. Cause like I said, I'm only halfway through. Yeah. Cause only half of them are out. So you can give it half a recommendation. Yeah. And it, it's like I said, it's an interesting story. I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to finish reading it. Mm-hmm. I'll go check it out. Yeah. It's called the rise and it's, uh, but, uh, I think, like I said, I don't know if it's the lettering on it. Like there, were, like early on, there was one panel where I thought maybe two panels were mixed up, or the lettering on them were, was mixed up, maybe. Because like the one character said "thank you" before somebody said something that you would have said "thank you" to, and there were oh, different weird. panels. So I mean, it was just there's been quite a bit of that where I'm kind of confused as to who's talking and what exactly is going on. But the art is is I, I think it's real. It fits the series really well. It's like uh, the pencils or you know the. The drawings are very, uh, they're like very detailed and people's faces are almost grotesque. Oh, weird. Uh, with the amount of weird detail in them. Um, but I think it kind of, it, it fits the series pretty well. The only color in it is, is red. So it's, it's mostly black and white with like red highlights and oh, stuff. Oh, interesting. Right there. You know what? I gotta say, I'm stoked that, uh, that something like lettering is bothering you. <laughs> that, that, that means that you're, uh, you know, your studying is paid off or is paying off. Yeah. Well, I, I, I imagine so. I'm just assuming you're studying. I've seen you with the, with books on, uh, on lettering. Cause you're going to be taking over lettering on space oddities. Yep. Um, yeah. so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I might've, I mean, before I might've just been confused as to why I didn't understand things. Now you're like this, this isn't following proper lettering yeah. method. You motherfuckers. It was just a little off. Uh, but, uh, but otherwise it's, it's okay so far. So, uh, I mean, if, if you're curious as to what, uh, George A. Romero's son thinks the origin of his zombie verse would be, uh, go check out the rise. Do it. Ben recommends it. Oh, so one final thing. Uh, we got a voicemail. Oh shit. Hey Ben. Hey John. Great to hear from you again. This is Eric from Houston. And no, John, I don't always call to complain about you. <laughs> Honestly, this time I wanted to call and congratulate you. Congratulations on getting engaged. As a man who's coming up on his 19th year married this year, uh, make it the best of times. Yeah, you know, the saying is the best of times and the worst of times. You just got to make sure that you fill that best of times column up a lot faster and a lot longer. Anyway, as a story idea or as a topic idea, 
I was thinking, you know, in addition to your, you know, a little bit of Betty White trivia and uh, what y'all did today, um, growing up about a decade before you guys, uh, game shows. I saw her on a lot of game shows, Match Game, $64,000 Pyramid, you name all the prices right, all the old games with that. That's, that'd be something that I'd kind of be interested to hear what all y'all's story is with those. Um, I grew up watching them because, again, that was some of the only things on TV during the day when I was home. Uh, so those, or maybe even uh, something like the Adult Swim stuff. Have y'all actually really dived into some of the Adult Swim and uh, other shows of the early on comics? Maybe not necessarily for everybody else, but hey, those are some ideas. Uh, again, just wanted to call and congratulate you, John. Um, thanks for entertaining us, and keep on doing what y'all do best. Take care. Bye. All hey. right. Well, first off, to the first point. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. I had a giant grin on my face. I felt kind of bad, you know, because I overthink everything. But, like, the fact that I didn't go, like, yeah, thank you, like, in the middle of the voicemail, because I, I try to stay quiet. Yeah, you don't want to interrupt him. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like he, can't, so, he can't stop talking. He can't hear us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I truly, truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm super excited. And, yes, thank you so much. Um, to the next point, you're in luck. Today's your day, Eric, because we did do a show on game shows just like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which episode it was. Actually, you know what? I can look it up because our website allows us to search for episodes now. Yeah, it's in the last couple of years because I know I drew the picture on the uh, on the iPad. It was episode 57 from December 1st of 2020. Okay, so just over a year ago. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we did do one on game shows, and it was exactly like what you're talking about, because we also watched a shit ton of game shows when yeah. we were kids, uh, from the 70s mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe we need to, maybe we need to, need to do a better one. But as far as like Adult Swim goes, like Golden Age of Adult Swim, I think that's fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think I would have enough to say about any one single show for an entire episode yeah, just harvey birdman yeah or, or just aqua teen like yeah. they, you know but but yeah like talking about all of those and because they all came together with like a cultural movement you know that that changed you know adult animation writing and everything like it, it was something special and unique like it changed the landscape so i would love to do an adult swim episode i mean and that was that was uh, what inspired us for Space Oddities. Yep. And you're kind of in luck with that one as well, because technically for a podcast Secret Santa in 2020, the guys from Featured Creatures did an episode of our show, and their topic was Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, jeez. It's not us talking about it, but it's them talking about it, yeah. and they're fun guys too. So yep. uh, that was also December of 2020. So that's a, that's a big month for you, Eric. <laughs> yeah. We, we got Eric in January of 2021. But I, I'm fully down to do, and uh, I will add that to the list, uh, a, an Adult Swim in like the early 2000s episode. Right now they've got, at Carl's Jr., they're doing like an Adult Swim promotion where they got like little keychains and stuff that you can get. I want to ask the people, because like the Carl's Jr. employees have a shirt on it that just has like all the Adult Swim characters on the front, and it's, it's a fucking cool-ass shirt. Yeah. And uh, next time I go there, I'm going to be like, hey, you guys got, you know, like, you selling those? Like, you got any more of those? Because it's, on the front, it's just Adult Swim. And on the back, it's got, like, a little Carl's Jr. logo. But See if you can get two of them when, when you ask. They're pretty rad-looking shirts. Well, and, and you know, thank you again, Eric, for, uh, for you know, being a, a regular interactor on here. I, I, I really appreciate all your calling. Yeah, hey, everybody else, be more like Eric. Yep, yep, do it. Well, thank you folks for stopping by for this. Uh, I, I, it feels like an, well, 
let me say this properly. It feels like an extra long episode or an extra long off-topic debrief, but not because it was a slog. Like it just feels like like we were talking longer. Can confirm that we were. Um, well, if you want to let us know how everything was, yeah, hit us up at uh, email at geeksplorationpodcast.com or on the social medias, Facebook, Geeksploration Podcast, or sorry, Geeksploration the podcast page, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast, uh, Twitter, Geeksplore Pod. You can call us and please do at 916-ORC-TURD. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. You have until the 21st, that is Friday, uh, January 21st, to... Let us know how you feel and what you think about Lego. That is going to be our next episode, and uh, you have safely until Friday the 21st to chime in on that. Um, and uh, we'd love to put your thoughts on the show. And if you enjoyed this show or any others, or uh... like our game show episode, yeah. Eric. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Please don't put that in there. I don't want to. I don't want to oh, cause I'm any fights. Fully leaving that. No, in. he is. He is the one person who is interacting with us, and he's a kind man. <laughs> uh you can go leave us a review at uh you know apple podcast i think stitcher does them now i mean pod chaser pod chaser yeah there's there's places uh <laughs> <laughs> you can send one to, to the classifieds of your local paper yeah to tie it around the leg of a carrier pigeon um <laughs> We are part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. We've got merch at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And our theme song is Celebration by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Bye-bye. Later. Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere.